0: Welcome to the Fit Vegan Podcast, the show where we help you optimize your health, fitness, and mindset on a whole food plant-based lifestyle. My name is Maxim Seguin. I am a former triathlete, powerlifter, bodybuilder, and basketball player. I've been vegan for nine years. I've also been able to coach over 350 vegans from 20 different countries to completely transform their bodies and their health. I'm excited for you to listen to today's episode. Let's get into the show. Right. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Fit Vegan Podcast. I'm very excited for today's episode because we have a very good friend of mine, Akash, straight out of UK. Akash,
1: how are you doing today? Oh, very well, thanks, and thank you for having me on the podcast.
0: Yeah, of course, man. Well, I, you know, we had a con- we had a beautiful conversation on your show. Um, was it, it was maybe like a month, a month and a half ago.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: yeah. So I'm excited for people to hear about your story and um, how you transitioned to veganism and just a little background for people. Uh, I met a cash, um, it was in Nashville, I was maybe like two months ago at a, a fitness business event. We have the same mentor and it was just like our first time connecting. We were just like looking to eat and they're like, what's a vegan spot? Like, oh, you're a vegan too. And then yeah, just started a whole friendship out of meeting at the vegan
1: restaurant and the same the place i went to I probably about five times in four days
0: oh uh, that's that's the only place we were eating the time. yeah <laughs> what, what is it called is it i think it was Copra Coper branch yeah that's the crazy thing i can't even remember what it was called yeah i think i i've only heard of it before because it's in quebec canada where i'm from um okay. but this is the only place i've ever found it in the states uh, but yeah it was just it was really good food
1: absolutely yeah. i mean the, the 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 fun my fond memory of that place and uh the vegans listening would appreciate this is obviously the event we were at they their vegan options for lunch was was pretty much just vegetables right yeah so you know I was very I was very much like I need some protein for this meal so I hopped outside whilst my wife was eating I went to the place and I said that I'm at this event and they're literally just serving vegetables I need some protein and they were a bit more of a protein conscious basically they said look I, um, I said what did you have and they gave me a bunch of tempeh tofu shiitake mushrooms and one other thing and uh i said oh, okay great i said how much is it he said, "No, nah, hey, guys this, this is on the house for um, on us you know we, we, yeah. feel, we feel your pain i was like you know what this is that, that's really cool i mean they had me back there twice a day for the next four days so they made their monies back but uh yeah it was a good move on there right. cool. yeah yeah they gave a lot of value up front and uh, the reciprocity came back so yeah that was cool
0: yeah. Beautiful. And that's where, uh, that's where I like connected UI and Chadney and Fritz, um, yeah. the whole vegan, the whole vegan crew was there. Absolutely. Yeah. Good, man. Well, I just want to do a little intro for people that, that don't know you, that are not familiar with your work. Um, like I was just looking at your bio and doing a bit more research before coming in, right? man, you've helped 2,880 plus people transform. I know when we talk, you've been in the fitness space for, for a very long time. We're going to dive into that today. You're an Amazon bestselling author. Your book is Transform Your Body, Transform Your Life. And you're the founder of r Fitness. Do you mind kind of sharing a little bit more as to like what is R&T Fitness and like a little bit more of your background as to like what got you in the fitness space?
1: Yeah, sure. So growing up, um, I always wanted to follow my father's footsteps in becoming a lawyer. And uh, up till the age of 17, everything I did was geared towards uh, following that path. So all my work experience all the subjects I took at school, everything was like, I'm going to follow my father's footsteps. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one of my best friends, he'd been going to the gym at school and he dragged me into the school gym and said, look, it's going to help you get girls. <laughs> and I thought as a skinny fat kid with moves in a pot belly, I need every advantage I had. Yeah. So I, I, I went along with him to the gym and my whole life just completely transformed in. know, I got completely bitten by the bug, my body transformed and I developed a level of focus, control and confidence I didn't think it was possible and over the over that summer i i spent time at the, the firm that my dad is working at i started thinking this, is, this, this this can't be where i'm going to be in the future and i was in a careers class right meant to be writing my personal statement for for a law degree and i was next to my friend the same friend who took me to the gym and i was reading instead a nutrition article and he said to me dude why don't you just do something in this space and i thought well there's nothing really in it this is 2008 2009 yeah. And anyway, I did some research and found something called sport and exercise science, and I thought this this is exactly that I want to do. Uh, so I went home, pretty much changed my mind overnight, and I still don't know how that that whole thought process happened, but uh, changed my mind overnight. Told my parents, and the first response I got was, "How are you going to pay the bills?" Yeah. You know, coming from a South Asian background, uh, there's only really three things you're you're destined to do: medicine, law, finance. And if you're not doing one of those three, you're really yeah. considered a bit of an So. Um, I just said to them, look, I'm going to make it work. I had no idea what the game plan was. And then I went to university, um, studied spawning, so science, started helping my friends for free, started experimenting, uh, spending all my free time learning and obsessing over health and fitness. And then as I left the university, I worked as a personal trainer in the City of London. So I was working with all the execs, the bankers, the lawyers, et cetera. And then it got to around 2016, and I started seeing a lot of my colleagues around me starting to have children. And knowing... If, not sure if you're familiar with personal training lifestyle but it's very unsociable hours you know you're out in the morning 5 30 back home at 10 p.m and I I started seeing my kids uh, colleagues having kids and they're coming in bleary eyed never really seeing their children I thought to myself I want to be an active father when I'm older that's my reality in five to ten years if I don't make a change I'd always had an entrepreneurial itch but I never found the thing that spoke to my soul Uh, and then I realized that the world I was probably going online. I needed to find something more sustainable with what I was doing, but I loved health and fitness. So there's no, there's no plan B for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, middle of 2016, I, I decided to set up RNT, and we launched May 2017. And uh, yeah, ever since then, we've helped three thousand people, th- nearly three thousand uh, people in 25 different countries all around the world. I've uh, written a book on a unique improvement five phase methodology that we have. Uh, we're building our own technology to help our members um, get, not only get into jaw-dropping shape, but build a sustainable lifestyle solution to learn how to stay in shape. And, and I very much believe that I'm I'm here on Earth to spread the the message that the physical transformation is the vehicle for all of us to do remarkable things with our life. And uh, that that brings uh, brings us here.
0: Yeah, oh, that's beautiful. I you do have a cool platform because I do see you working on it and talking about it often. I was like, ah. Oh. I need to build my own platform. <laughs> you have an amazing platform and I agree with you. The, the fitness is definitely the, the first step to you developing the, the level of discipline that's required for you to have success in other areas of your life, right? And I think like you mentioned, like you notice that for yourself too.
1: Absolutely. I think fitness teaches you so much uh, around business, career, high performance overall that a few other things can do whether it's discipline whether it's consistency whether it's commitment I think it's a 20 you, what you can't do with physical fitness and transformation is you can't cheat it mm-hmm. and I, I talk often that the area that mindfulness and personal development is missing is that tangible action taking yeah. you know you can hype yourself up and, and do all this personal development but if you're still going home and stuffing yourself with with food at night you're not really, you're not really changing your identity or affirming to yourself that you're you're doing something different. The beauty of body transformation is it's twenty four seven. This is probably why I love bodybuilding and I love pushing myself to the extreme because there's no hiding from it. Yeah, uh, it's a twenty four seven endeavor.
0: Yeah, it's it made me think of you know when you go to school, university, like you can you can cheat your way a little bit through some of the exercises and the exam and the projects. You can wait last minute to study and then just get by and, and forget all the information after. But there's no way for you to do that through a transformation. Like if you slip, if you slip up, or you don't live how you're supposed to live, like it'll show directly on the scale the next day or in the mirror.
1: Yeah, one of my uh, one of my colleagues or one of my teammates, he says, he says, "What you eat in private, you wear in public." I yeah. think it's a brilliant it's a brilliant line. And ultimately, the body is a representation of the mind. You know, if we yeah. if we have drastic swings in our in our scale weight out of control. In, a, in an uncontrolled state not in a muscle building or yeah. controlled in an uncontrolled state something's going on and there's yeah. there's some stuff going on in your life that you're not dealing with and that's the root cause of you know destructive behaviors and vices that we create to to fill whatever hole it may be
0: yeah absolutely it's um i tell us to my members all the time like let's be honest training nutrition is easy because you tell your members how to do it right? the hard part is getting them to stick to it and then it's about like the belief, the mind, them becoming the person that they need to be to be able to stick with this consistently in the long run. Um, so actually, I, I love talking about mindset so we can wait a bit on the veganism. I want to talk about the mindset part. What what have you found that has helped your members the most when it comes to helping them become the person that they need to be to consistently stick with their training and the nutrition and consistently show up?
1: I think that... The key really is this is this is like the age-old debate, isn't it? What actually creates adherence? You know, I feel like yeah. we, we have we have an in-house in-team like running joke, like we're going to be sitting there, eighty years old, still wondering why people can't stick to their diet, yeah. right? It's just like it's just dealing with humans, and ultimately, it comes down to commitment, consistency, and coachability. Which you know, on the sit, you're listening to this, it, it sounds quite wishy-washy, but the only difference I've seen in those who actually change their identity in the long run and those who don't are those who just go all in. And just yeah. commit to taking action no matter what happens. Because life's always going to get in the way. There's always going to be busy meetings, busy travel schedules, social events. There's always going to be something. You can't wait for the clearing. You've just got to go all in and figure out a way to, to make it happen. And I think that those who do the best long term, firstly, they see they take this, they take the long term approach. But secondly, they they really ride off momentum. I think momentum is really key to developing a transformation because that's why you see the people that, you know, they'll sign up for something and seven days later they've already fallen off and gone AWOL. And you think what's happened there because they lost, they didn't generate enough momentum to get going. And I think once someone develops and generates momentum and use that momentum to, you know, we call it the checkpoint, which is the moment you get into the shape. And the reason why I use the word checkpoint and not like a deadline or an end goal is because it is that checkpoint to, to the long-term journey. If you get enough momentum to get there and you have the long-term education and mindset to then take it forward thereafter where you consolidate your gains And invest in your sort of version 2.0, then you can go all the way. But if you sort of stumble your way to a through a diet in that first phase, it's very difficult to actually really get anywhere. You just end up sort of stuck in no man's land, spinning your wheels.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's a big like, I'm gonna try it for a month and see how it goes. And if it doesn't work, if I don't have what I want, if you don't get to that checkpoint in a month, then this is not the way for me to do it. Yeah, right, there's never enough long term, like adherence for it to actually make a significant difference.
1: Yeah, which is why you, you, you want to see results almost immediately to develop that momentum. But then you need a longer term approach to be able to see it through all the way. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, I'm happy we talked about mindset because I didn't think like that's the biggest thing that's going to make a difference in anyone's transformation and into the things that we're going to talk about next, which you know, is, is veganism. Um, you know, you didn't grow up vegan. Um, You mentioned we got in a fitness space. Like, so how long have you been training as a meat eater? Because I know you made a transition not too long ago.
1: Yeah. So I started training when I was 17 and I turned turned vegan when I was 29. I'm 30 now. Yeah. So I've only been vegan for, since I've been fully vegan since January the 1st. I dropped meat and fish 11 months exactly today. So... I actually had a bit more transition rather than an overnight
0: yeah. switch. So what made you want to do that transition? Yeah,
1: sure. So for years and years and years, uh, I was eating a kilo of meat a day. You know, I thought the only way to gain um, gain muscle mass, strength, and really gain fitness gains was to eat a lot of meat and eat a lot of protein. You know, I grew up around, you know, everything was mental health. And all I was seeing was protein, meat, a lot of the the, the the sort of thought leaders were, were pushing, you know, you gotta eat two kilos a meat a day, one kilo meat a day. So I just thought that's just the way you do it. You know, you see films with Arnold in it saying to Sylvester Stallone, you punch like a vegetarian. So there's an element of, you know, when you're a skinny fat kid with movement and a pot belly who lacks confidence, and you yeah. see these jack dudes who are eating a lot of meat. You think that's the way forward, right? Mm-hmm. So I started eating like a kilo of meat a day. I was ordering in uh, wild meats when I was at university, much to, the, uh, much to the demise of my back balance. But, you know, I was just obsessed. And then it got to around 2018 and I needed to find a way to be more productive at work. I was eating five, six times a day. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm in my flow state in the morning the most. Let me see if I can just not eat in the morning. Yeah. so I started delaying my first meal to 12 o'clock and by default I just dropped two meals and they just happened to be two meals that were normally meat yeah so then I had only meat once a day which is in the evening so my meat intake went from a kilo to about 250 grams almost overnight and mm-hmm. uh, at the same time I started to think well a kilo of meat couldn't couldn't have been doing me much much good internally like it just can't be a good thing to eat I just need that much meat and I started to sort of... I've always been a conscientious thinker and i just started to think more consciously around the world and i thought to myself like i had these passing moments of like you know when you start connecting to the universe and you start thinking you know we're all one and the soul and the spirits and and all of this and you just start thinking i don't know if meat or fish is the right thing to do so i started questioning my morals around it but i never really acted on it mainly because i was concerned about my fitness gains. you know yeah Still, there was still no research really showing it. Um, the fitness industry is still young with regards to veganism. Yeah. And then he got to 2019 and one of my best friends, oh, in 2018, one of my best friends who I've been training with for 10 years, he turned vegan overnight. Like he, he literally overnight. Me, he, me and him were the frequent steakhouse visitors. He literally went vegan overnight and he was one of my main training partners. And then in 2019, I helped prep him to, to get absolutely shredded. And that got me thinking, oh, maybe there is something to this. Because obviously he's, he was like me, meathead, um, yeah. protein, strength, powerlifting, background, bodybuilding. And he went vegan overnight. And that got me thinking. And then in 2021, so 2021 last year, I was on my mini moon uh, after I got married with my wife. And we were on this long hike. And I think we took a break and we were just sitting on a rock watching you know, watching the waves go by, watching the birds fly and um I just started thinking because there was a lot of cows we'd walk past and I was thinking just like questioning my relationship with me and I said to Chani my wife what do you think about me going going vegan and she's like well you've been talking about this for years when are you actually going to do it because I've been I've been dating her since 2018 I've pretty much been talking to her about it since then but I never acted on it she's like when are you gonna act on it I was like yeah it's true and then that week I did nothing and then the following week um so I just had my last chicken and rice meal and I didn't realize it would be my last one. And uh, and that was that was it for meat and fish. So I dropped meat and fish in August, August 13th, August 12th. And then I didn't really have much dairy anyway, because it didn't sit well with me. So it's just the eggs left. Yeah. And so at this point, I was eating eggs and toast for breakfast, oats, protein powder, et cetera, in the afternoon. And then all I'd changed really was chicken for tofu in the evening. So it's just yeah. a simple spot. And then it got to like October, November, and I started thinking, how can I prove to myself that this is very much possible? And I thought, well, the absolute extreme of body composition is getting striated glutes. Yeah. And I thought if I can prove to myself I get striated glutes,
0: yeah. not lose muscle logic. mass, <laughs> yeah, not
1: lose muscle mass and not lose strength outside of the normal sort of dieting parameters. Yeah. Then I'm pretty much sold on this. Yeah. And uh, and then I dropped uh, I dropped eggs New Year's Eve, uh, so New Year's Day got absolutely shredded with worn boots and uh yeah the rest is history and now honestly i don't really think about it now it's just it's just something i don't really think about it just seems ingrained um i don't get tempted to eat any sort of meat which is crazy given my you know every every birthday for the last 10 years has been at a famous steakhouse mm-hmm. when i used to travel the first thing i'd do would be google best steakhouse in the town yeah it then goes somewhere like nashville <laughs> and just eat at the same place five times in three days because it's the only <laughs> vegan spot around when you're surrounded by all this amazing meat but it didn't even tempt me and that's yeah. what's been really strange um so yeah I've, I've not really thought about it and now it just feels like it just feels like it's just something I do it's just part of me so yeah that's my journey to, to veganism
0: that's interesting so it was more like a it just naturally happened there was no necessarily like yes you, your training partner went vegan so that kind of like what watered the seed to kind of push yeah. you a bit more but it was more of like a natural flow of you having these just making these small conscious decisions throughout time that led you to being vegan there was no like documentary or big like uh, aha moments Well,
1: the funny thing is i had not even watched a documentary until i went vegan yeah so i remember when car Spiritsy came out sea spirits came out i just didn't want to watch it because i yeah. there was almost the element of like ignorance is a bliss yeah because i i knew what was going on but i didn't want to face it that was the yeah. big thing so i didn't actually watch a documentary until probably this february march when i was just you know dieting you're curious you're wondering what's yeah you know, what's what, what was these documentaries that everyone was watching and then i was like oh wow okay but it didn't even impact me like i watched it i was like okay cool yeah. like yeah. i get all the, the the obligations around it but it didn't make me suddenly turn into an activist or, or anything like that um and no i didn't have a, like a overnight moment like my mate he had a overnight moment where he watched something it was Killing fields or spirits or something something to do with cows. I don't know which one it was, but she okay. just said he was in tears, and the next day he woke up. He was vegan.
0: Okay. I was. I didn't have
1: that moment. Mine was more just sort of a conscientious journey over time.
0: Yeah. Do you? So did you have any? Because obviously, being from the fitness space, like you, you mentioned earlier, a lot of people have that fear of like, I'm going to lose my gains. I'm going to lose my muscle mass. So I was trying to transition to vegan. And, you know, when you mentioned you started fasting and you just cut out two meals with, with or a significant amount of protein from, from what I understood, was there any fear where you when you cut out the protein there and then when you went vegan of like, wow, I yeah. potentially may lose the physique that I've been building for, you know, the past like 10
1: years? Well, when I dropped the, the meal frequency, I think I went from like maybe one and a half grams per pound of protein. Uh, there's one point where I was doing two grams per pound. <laughs> you know, like that's yeah. the old bodybuilding magazines. Yeah, I, and I went to about one point five, and then I'd say when I went from five meals a day, five six meals to three meals, I think probably probably like adjusted the other for meals slightly bigger, and I made it one gram per pound. Yeah, maybe one point one. So it wasn't. It was still around the right the right amount, right? Yeah. Before I was just having too much, so I didn't really worry about that. When I went when I dropped the meat, I think I had some good wins in that. I was st- immediately. I was still getting stronger and I wasn't losing strength and I know the biggest correlation is strength yeah so for me that kind of sacrificed uh, that solidified it and I think I also started realizing that the dietary preference doesn't really matter it's more than anything it's the training intensity Mm -hmm. training intensity and strength is the biggest determinant of muscle mass I think now we've actually got some research that shows uh, this omnivorous diet versus a vegan diet because I think in the past you couldn't even do research studies on this because you can't just ask someone to go vegan because yeah. it doesn't make any sense, does it? You have to yeah. actually have people who are vegan. So there was no like longitudinal data back in the day, which is why I think the fitness industry was surrounded by this meat emphasis because everything to do with veganism was more probably in the ethical space, in environmental space, and there just wasn't enough people to do sample size. Uh, to do research studies with whereas now i think what we'll find in the next five to ten years is we will get a lot more longitudinal research which will prove that it actually makes no difference so long as you hit your protein and so long as you train hard yeah. those are the key factors
0: yeah so did you is that exactly what you did you just basically substituted you still h- hit the same amount of protein but you just substituted for vegan sources
1: Yeah. So in, yeah and then i actually um i actually probably started eating a bit less protein um i probably went from like one gram per pound to maybe 0.8 and then there was a period where i went to like i tried oh, let me just try 0.6 0.7 but then i realized satiety was getting lower yeah um so i just pushed it back up and i actually prefer eating around probably 0.9 to a gram per pound just from a society perspective yeah i like eating protein and um it keeps me it keeps me full if i if i drop it too low i think i just feel hungrier in the evening.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so you mentioned you went, you substituted some of your meals that you had for tofu. So coming from the background, because uh, I come from the same background, skinny fat, had boobs and like a little belly, yeah, but I was like yeah, really yeah. skinny when I wore a shirt. Like there's the the stereotype that like tofu is high in estrogen. That'll give you man boobs. Was there any fear of that going into it? Or you're just like, nah, I just need to hit my protein.
1: Yeah, the i think there was no fear because i'd used i've been tra- i've trained vegans for for many years and i've seen in them that they didn't develop man boobs so for me that wasn't really a thing because yeah. i saw them getting shredded building muscle yeah it was more just oh when it comes to me will i lose my muscle right it was one of yeah. those ones uh but i've like, seen I'm, that i'm
0: built different i yeah, will yeah, lose yeah, muscle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah but because i would seen that not happen with them, I was fine with it. And again, like this there's a ton of research now proving that it doesn't actually happen unless you have extortionate amounts of it, which you're yeah. just not going to have. Yeah. In a day.
0: Yeah. Is it well, i would consume way more than all the calories you're supposed to consume. There was a, a study we I interviewed a uh, Dr. Michael Greger where we talked about like soy soy consumption, what's a healthy amount. There was a research done it was like someone tried consuming 17 servings of soy per day. And they still saw like no negative effect, but it's just, it's absurd to eat 17 and you need variety in your protein. But it just goes to show that, like, you know, you can have a few servings of soy per day and be absolutely fine. Um, so, w- was there any struggles in terms of like, because you basically slowly transitioned to vegan and then you're like, I'm gonna go vegan and get shredded. So, you basically just got yeah. into like a cut with it. So, yeah, was yeah, yeah, there yeah. any, struggles and um benefits that you notice from doing a cut as a vegan because this was your first one
1: yeah so i've dieted before to the extreme probably three times before this this year um, and by that i mean to bodybuilding standards and i thought this year was the easiest diet i've ever done now obviously there's an element of experience involved right you know, each time you do it you, it's easier But I think there was one, there's a couple of factors which aren't related to veganism, but I think there's one that is, which would be the most pertinent for your listeners. And that's the satiety levels on a whole food plant-based diet.
0: Yeah.
1: In that when you're dieting and you're, you're literally following a whole food plant-based diet, not mock meat substitutions. That's one thing I didn't do, by the way. I didn't, I still don't have any mock meat in my diet. Yeah. Good. (laughs) Because of that, because I'm whole food plant-based, I couldn't believe how big my plates were. I couldn't believe how satiated I was. Uh, I wasn't abusing stimulants either. So it wasn't like I was just caffeinated out of my head, but I wasn't feeling hungry. Yeah, It was, um, that was the probably the biggest thing. And, you know, when, you, when you're dieting in the past, when I was dieting in the past, and that last meal of the day in the last few weeks where, you know, your calories are pretty low and you've just got chicken, a bit of chicken, a bit of rice and a bit of veg, that can be quite demoralizing. But when you get to the end of the day and you've got a whole plate of Lentils, edamame, spaghetti, tempeh, veggies, rice—you've got a whole whole like plate to look forward to. Psychologically, it makes things a lot easier. Yeah. So I think that was like that was easily the biggest game changer um, from a vegan perspective. That I think has a lot of benefits, and something we spoke about on when you came on my podcast around it can have the adverse effect the other way around when you kind of when you're coming out of it, trying to gain weight, you just got to be careful. Thing that you can actually feel full all the time, but yeah. you're not having enough calories. And I definitely, I definitely struggle with that coming out of the other side. And that I f- kept thinking I was super full. The reality was I was still under eating. Yeah. So I've had to like introduce a bit more sort of quote unquote junk food just to push the calories up for me to get my weight up again. Yeah. Um, but that's just, that's just more sort of, they're good problems to have, right?
0: <laughs> they're definitely good problems to have. So, yeah. So yeah, definitely, the satiety is different. The volume, the diversity. Because yeah, I remember like I did one bodybuilding show, and I remember it was like chicken, broccoli, and mustard, or like red hot sauce. Like those were those were like your delicious meals that you were eating. Um, Yeah, you definitely get more diversity, and you get a bigger amount of food that you get to eat at a lower amount of calorie. So. You know i know you finished your cut like a while back i think were you, are you reverse dieting right now or are you
1: done i've come out of reverse dieting yeah i'm just sort of in maintenance mode now
0: okay so yeah. how was like you mentioned as you increase in reverse dieting what what did your calories go from to like now yeah
1: so the the lowest they got to is probably 1350 during the diet um okay. and then i always try and get ready a bit early so i can kind of reverse out during and coming out of like my peak, I was already on like 2627. So, you know, I went straight up to like three, pretty much straight up for straight up about 3000. The only thing is when the, then I was straight into traveling. So the good news is I'd always kind of like done a bit of a mini reverse before, but we both know that when you're super shredded, your body can soak up a lot of calories. Yeah. So you can be on a lot of calories, but your body weight's still low. So you still feel like you don't feel good. Like When I met you, I was still shredded to the bone. Yeah. And you know, while it, it might look good, it's I didn't feel good. Um Yeah. So traveling has been like the it was a it was a test that I did a couple weeks in America and then a couple weeks you uh, know, five weeks in Bali. The good news is Bali is so plant based friendly. And if you ever get the chance to go to Bali, you're gonna love it because it's just so easy to eat vegan.
0: Yeah. If
1: we're in somewhere like Nashville, five weeks wouldn't have been wouldn't have been yeah. the best experience. Um, and that was probably if you ask about struggles, that will probably be like my. Biggest sort of fear it was more than the muscle mass. It was more around how will it be when I travel around Europe, um, which is not always the most vegan friendly, or um, socializing and these yeah. sorts of things. And then I thought to myself, well, the thing I always tell myself is, is my is my convenience worth uh, bigger than more important than the, the reason why I'm doing this, mm-hmm. right? And that sort of keeps me in check. But I've also learned. In the last few months, that there's certain navigations you have to take. Like, for example, if you're socialized, if you're going out to eat, and it's not your choice of restaurant, you're probably not going to get much of a protein option if it's not a vegan-friendly restaurant. So you yeah. just got to be okay with the fact that you might just be eating vegetables in a risotto. Yeah. <laughs> risotto seems to be the popular thing. So you just have your protein before or after. But if it is in my control, which I try and make it most of the time, then there's so many good places now that you can eat, um, which, yeah. which definitely makes life easier but i'd say outside of education which luckily i have a good foundation of education which probably helps um the other thing is just a bit of planning needs to be done just planning ahead of time like i use an app called happy coward and if you've come across yeah, that.
0: yeah yeah i've chatted with so them a used, few times
1: oh have you yeah, yeah. i use that for uh, when i'm traveling and yeah that's, that's been really useful
0: yeah it's, it's a great app there's um i'm working on a little something with them because uh, okay. like, I think they're like based out of here, out of LA. Um, oh, cool. But yeah, definitely really useful app. When we went to Nashville, that's how I found that restaurant. When we yeah, were yeah, yeah. in a convention center, I was like vegan. And then this one showed up and then we all just ended up there.
1: Yeah, it's exactly what we did as well. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so this might be like a weird question. I feel like I know the answer to this one, but are you going to continue staying vegan as you progress along? Or are you going to include some animal products back in?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is the question I get asked. I was literally getting asked all the way, uh, all, all these years. Are you still going to stay plant-based? And honestly, I can't see, go, can't see myself going back. Uh, yeah. Because now fitness, worrying about my fitness gains isn't really a thing. Like, yeah. I'm, I don't really have any concerns. I don't think about me. I don't, you know, every now and then I get floating, passing thoughts of the convenience factor. Mm-hmm. Oh, but only when I'm in a place that is inconvenient so for example yeah. last year we got, I got married last July and at the time I was still eating meat so you know one of the gifts I got was uh, a four course alico- four course like set menu at the Savoy which is a very like fancy restaurant in London yeah and it's Savoy Grill so it's a it's like basically a steakhouse which would have been a perfect gift for me back then right yeah so we finally used it last week for our anniversary and going into it i was like like you know we have to ask them is there a vegan menu they said yeah we've got a vegan menu get there on the day and what is it like it's it's a bit of soup the four courses were um a soup like this big and it was a tomato salad and by a tomato salad literally just basically about one tomato just chopped into like multiple directions yeah and then a main Main of uh, risotto with no protein, and then the dessert was actually the dessert. They said normally we just give vegans a fruit platter, yeah. but we've uh, we've actually managed to make you an apple crumble vegan. I was like, oh, wow, okay, that actually made up for it a little bit. But yeah, that was supposed to be about ninety pounds worth of food, but it was honestly just felt like I had three stars. Yeah. And luckily they gave me a bread basket because I was starving. I came home and actually just have sixty grams of protein, um, but. I, those was, And then I had passing thoughts like, oh, wouldn't it just be easier if I just ate a ribeye steak right now? But then I'm like, that, that, those thoughts just kind of come in and then they go the other side.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's, it's normal for some people, like as you like in the early stages of it. And like you mentioned at the beginning, you don't even think about how you structure your meal of like how hard this is going to be when you eat. <laughs> like it seems more like just a natural thing for you at this point. Um, yeah. which is great because for some people it takes a few years before they get there before it kind of becomes like a natural thing for them to be like well when you open your fridge it's very easy for you to put something together as a vegan yeah. and that takes a while for people to get there
1: well my meals are amazing this is the other thing so it, it probably helps that all my meals are amazing so i'll have tofu scramble avocado and sourdough toast every day for breakfast yeah which before was eggs sourdough and avocado And I discovered tofu scramble which basically tastes like scrambled eggs yeah so I have that and then my afternoon meal is the same as it always was even when I was eating meat so there's no change there I've never had whey protein really because it didn't really agree with me so I've always used vegan protein powders yeah so from that perspective protein powder oats uh, fruit etc it's the same meal yeah and then the only difference has been in the evening instead of having sort of my standard chicken rice veg actually I have a meal that's so much better now which is tempeh edamame spaghetti 100 grams of lentils 75 grams of rice It's just so much food volume yeah um so my meals haven't like they don't feel like they've changed that much and that's probably helped a lot yeah I, I think if i'd like come from a place where i was eating a normal sort of western diet and then i transitioned to a vegan healthy diet if that makes sense that would have been probably difficult but because the actual changes have not been that much it's just been literally swapping eggs for tofu swapping chicken for tempeh and lentils and now actually more food volume. so yeah. for my home meals anyway i'm pretty simple i eat the same thing most days yeah it, it's actually it's actually worked out quite nicely and if chani sometimes wants to experiment with different foods yeah she's a great cook so i just say that as long as it's protein and i'm happy to eat it
0: yeah i did the same thing with ivy <laughs> we don't actually
1: buy we don't actually buy meat or eggs now which has been great so chani's not vegan but i would say she's like probably 90 percent plant-based yeah so she only re eats meat when we go to restaurants. And even yeah. then, she'll only have it if it's like like a place we were at last week, and she'll have it then. Yeah. But I can't remember the last time I've seen chicken or eggs in my, in my fridge, which is great.
0: Yeah, it does, it does make, I don't know, it, it's nice to not see it in the fridge.
1: <laughs> yeah, makes- but at the same time, I'm not, I'm not fussed by it, if that makes sense. Like if it was there, I wouldn't be like, oh my God, I can't, I can't, I can't yeah. support that, if that makes sense. So.
0: Yeah, I had to get used to that. Because Ivy eats yeah. fish, so we still have like fish in our freezer, and I haven't had animal products in my fridge for like over six years. So oh, it wow. took me a while to get used to it, but now, you know, I'm used to it. I, just the fact that China is ninety percent plant based, right? Like that's amazing. That's an amazing place to start. Versus her like going like I'm just gonna be
1: a carnivore now,
0: <laughs> right? As yeah, you're going yeah, yeah. vegan.
1: And, and the good thing is like for example, last a uh, couple of days ago, she got a takeaway from Honest Burger. And she just got a plant-based burger. Like she, didn't, yeah. she could have got the beef burgers, but she just got a plant-based burger. She's like, actually, I actually don't mind. It tastes the same. Yeah. And the other thing is, I, what I didn't realize until I actually went vegan is that when we started dating in 2018, I was still eating crazy amounts of meat. And I, because of me, she started eating more meat mm-hmm. to make it you know, the convenience. She actually was pretty much vegetarian. Yeah. Um, so that was interesting as well.
0: Yeah. So you transitioned her to, to eating more meat <laughs> at the start. I know. Um, so I, I'm curious, cause you mentioned, you went a whole food plant based to do your cut. Right. And I feel like a lot of people that are transitioning will use some of those transitional tools, like the fake meat and the fake chicken and all that. What made you want to do it whole food plant based and not, um, use some of those, those transitional tools.
1: Something about using all these transitional tools doesn't sit right with me, um, mm-hmm. as a, as a staple in your diet. I think it's great for like, you know, you're going out for a restaurant or one-off yeah. meal every now and then. I just can't. Yeah, I just think ultimately it's just very highly processed food. Should it be a regular staple of your diet? I don't know. Yeah. I'm just that's just my thoughts. Like, I don't have any sort of hard evidence for it. It's more just to me that kind of defeats the purpose. I'd rather just experience the full benefits of a plant based diet properly. And yeah. ultimately, then, like, the, the other reason was because I thought from a society perspective, I may as well take advantage of this yeah. rather than just having a slab of processed mock chicken that's like versus... really high in
0: calories too for a small exactly. portion and
1: it's also really expensive as well yeah that, yeah. that actually like genuinely, like when it's like you need the amount of protein you need i'm just gonna spend like six seven pound a day on just yeah. one meal yeah one pound a meal yeah yeah
0: well that makes me happy because I'm, I'm 100% whole food plant-based so i do like i'm happy that you did it that way because it definitely got the full experience of what it's like to actually like thrive have the energy have your gut health be optimized like all the benefits that come from it
1: the interesting thing is, I wouldn't say, because I, the other question I get asked is like, you know, do you feel more energetic? Has your performance changed? And in all honesty, I've not really noticed any difference in anything like that. I think the only yeah. difference is I'm just not eating meat. Yeah. And for me, ethic, ethically, I've solved that dilemma in my head. Yeah.
0: So yeah. that's
1: been...
0: What well, One of the things is like, you're already a really fit and healthy yeah. individual yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. And, and I so was being
1: like... predominantly plant based. yeah.
0: Yeah. And I do believe that like a lot of people that would say like, I've experienced a massive shift in energy. We're eating like completely bad food before and weren't necessarily exercising. And so once they, you know, transition to moderately being healthy, then their body's like, oh yes, thank you. Here's more energy. Right. So I think that's, that's why, but you being a fit person, like it's great. Cause again, you were fit and you had some muscle mass. Now you're able to transition and everything remained the same, which I think is a big fear for people that have been in the fitness industry, have been working out for a long time. Like a lot of people are considering transitioning because it's so much more popular now, so much more easy available. There's science to back it up. There's the environmental, the animal cruelty aspect, but they're just like, oh, my gains, my muscle. Um, but now knowing that more and more people are doing it, and that's why I'm like, happy you got to share your story. Like it's, that's hundred percent doable. It's actually really easy to do
1: appreciate that. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Um, I want to, I want to, you, you brought up something about being shredded earlier and I just want to kind of end on that topic because you've helped a lot of people transform and, um, you've yourself personally have got super lean for stage. I got super lean on stage. I've helped a lot of people. There's one thing that people don't think will happen. They think that once they get shredded or really lean that it'll solve everything that life will just be like, all right, it's kind of like, the Oh, when I get there, things will be. So how did you deal with that the first time you got really lean? And how do you deal with it now? Because now you have more experience in it because it's not what people think of like, I'm going to get a six pack. Life will be amazing. Like it's really hard to sustain that level of leanness.
1: Well, the first time I got shredded in 2014, uh, I won, I competed in bodybuilding. I won my first bodybuilding show and the experience that I followed for the following year has drastically changed my coaching for the better. Mm-hmm. but was very difficult for me to go through because I had no idea what getting shredded entails mm-hmm. and no idea the psychological hormonal impact on your body. And I went in with no game plan. I literally got, I was so fixated on the deadline, getting in shape for this date, Put everything into that. I had no plan for afterwards. I, st- I stopped um, taking pictures. stopped weighing myself. Um, I didn't have a plan. I was told by all the bodybuilding bros that this is the time to build us a muscle. Just keep eating, 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 eating. Lo and behold, I was accumulating um, foods on the you know foods to eat when I finished. Yeah. Long story short, seven days after, uh, sorry, as soon as I finished competing, I went to an all-inclusive for a week. Came back seven kilos heavier in seven days.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: six weeks later i was a total of 14 kilos heavier in that six weeks time frame i didn't weigh myself once i didn't take any pictures because i just thought oh, i just water weight or mm. um just yeah i don't need i don't need to look at the scale reality was i was, I was running away from it 14 kilos up looked like an absolute mess you never thought i would just won a bodybuilding show six weeks earlier uh, and then for the following year i spent the whole year either trying to mini diet or binging, mini diet, yeah. binging. I was in a constant state of yo-yoing. I, I probably had a borderline eating disorder. Yeah. And I wasn't in a good place. Like I felt really bad. I, I felt mm-hmm. embarrassed. Um, and that's why, you know, when we built the five-phase methodology, we, we built a consolidation phase. And I hammered this message home to everyone in that when you get into shape, that's when the work begins.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyone can
1: get into shape. Getting, I mean, in fact, the, the starting line of my book is... It's a bit provocative, but it's like getting in shape is easy. Staying in shape is a whole different ballgame. Mm-hmm. And the reason why you hear those statistics of rebounding, those statistics of like you lose the weight two years later, you've gained it all back or whatever those numbers are, it's, it's, it's real. Yeah. But for every, for every year or two years that you keep it off, you have a 50% chance of keeping it off another year. Mm-hmm. And it just takes a while because getting in shape is literally just about eating less and moving more when you break it down. Staying in shape is around rewiring your behavior, mindset, and identity. You have to become someone who yeah. identifies themselves as healthy, fit, and strong. Otherwise, you'll revert back. Yeah. Because when you haven't got a goal or a deadline in mind, it's difficult, right? You can be at a social event and think, "Ah, oh, screw it, I'm not, I'm not dieting. Just eat everything. Yeah. Or you know, you're sitting on the sofa, you're bored, you've had a hard day at work. Yeah, I don't want to get the Ben and Jerry's out. You know, it's, it's those moments when there's no goal that you've got to re- re- reaffirm your identity. And I think if we circle back to a question around like getting shredded, solve, solve it, does it solve it? It's like, no, this is where the work begins because now you've got to show you can control your body in a, in a controlled fashion. It doesn't mean you just stay shredded because that's not right either. Yeah. You've got to find your sweet spot where you feel you're looking for your best, but that's going to take a lot of work and it's going to take control. And it's yeah. that constant battle in your head to find that sweet spot, which is where the, the, I think all the self-development comes from. When you yeah. can stay in shape year round, you probably aren't doing, you're probably doing a lot of things right in your life.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm happy you showed that because I, I mean, I went through the same journey you did. I put on, was it, 23 kgs in a month after my show? 23 kgs? Yeah. In a month after Holy I got, I went God. from like having veins in my abs to having like boobs and being chunky. And then it took me a year of like mini diets, binge eating for a long time to like, finally get back to like a healthy mental space to like okay I'm just gonna do this right you know and honestly I I've shared this before but I think it's a I would see it a bit as a curse to have been that shredded because the thing is that now becomes your point of comparison of if you consider yourself lean enough because you always have this image of your head of like that's lean and that's so unhealthy to have that as a point of reference
1: yeah, I totally agree with that. And that's one of the difficult things about right? even when you come out of a diet properly and you have to gain weight. Like I've been gaining weight um, in a controlled way to get my energy back to normal, my libido back to normal, etc. Yeah. But it's weird in that, you know, every kilo you gain, or every couple of pounds you gain, you're like, oh, I feel like, I feel like I'm gaining too much body fat, or like, mm. you know, why am I why have I got this back again? The reality is you're still I'm still lean, but my point yeah. of reference is lines of my ass. not just just the healthy outline of abs that you might see yeah Uh, that's and and that does play on your mind and it's difficult i think you just need a bit more time to come out of it the other side
0: yeah it's you know and and that's why like i know you do reverse dieting also we do reverse dieting for our members and i'm reverse dieting now i'm like five six hundred calories up from when i was at my my lowest point and you know, I think you have to go through a few transformations to kind of get to the mental place of like, okay, like I'm putting on like a bit more body fat than what I'm used, than what I like expect to be at. But there's such a difference. Like, man, I don't know and for I you when it. I when I did my cut, I would much rather eat um, a frickin rice cake with mustard on it than have sex. Like that's how yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. much your libido is gone. Um, and yeah, you have no energy, your sleep's terrible, your body's aching. Um, yeah, it's not, a, it's not a great place to be. at. It looks, I don't know why it's considered, it looks good. Like it looks good on photos, but like overall, it's not a place that you want to stay at.
1: No, no. that's all.
0: Yeah. It's a lot better to just feel stronger, have a bit more body fat, but like have energy.
1: Absolutely. When you talk about the trifecta of feel, look and perform your best. Mm-hmm. If you go to the extreme of look, you're probably sacrificing performance and feeling. Yeah. If you can take away a little bit of look and find where you're at your strongest, where you still set PRs in the gym, but you also feel very cognitively sharp, energetic, that's probably the look you want to hold year round.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And which is a little bit more body fat than most people think they want to be at.
1: Yeah. For me, it's probably like, uh, probably about 10 to 15, probably 12 to 15% above absolutely shredded.
0: Yeah yeah that's like that's what i like like 12 13 percent it's just like body yeah, like above good. above
1: my lowest weight so if my lowest weight is 70 probably like probably about yeah probably about 10 to 10 to 10 to 15 percent above in terms of body weight not body fat sorry 10, oh okay,
0: okay i thought you're talking about body fat yeah No, nah, no.
1: Nah, so if my body if my body my lowest body weight is here about 10 to 15 percent above yeah above that is probably where my sweet spot is
0: yeah Yeah. And just, um, yeah. And for the people listening, like, don't get shredded. (laughs) It's just experience what it's like to be lean and be healthy. And I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's a good thing for people to experience it, to know that it's not all that. But then the thing is, it becomes your point of reference for the future, which that's in and of itself is an unhealthy pattern.
1: I personally do like the idea of, see, the reality is there's different levels of shredded as well. Yeah. So like, in fact, in my eyes, the only sh- shredded is lines on your ass. But everyone else, they're just getting beach lean. I think yeah. most people don't have any ambitions to do what I did. Yeah. But getting beach lean is great. You know, photo yeah. shoot lean is, is great. And I think you you'll push yourself to do things you didn't think were possible in order to get there. That's where the benefits come from.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I think there's a different definition. It's like, yeah, shredded is having striations on your butt cheeks. That's <laughs> that's what striated is. Yeah. But beach lean, yeah, it's a that's maintainable. Yeah. Yeah, Good. Well, um, Akash, man, I want to say massive thank you for taking the time to jump on the podcast, man, sharing your story, your knowledge. Um, you know, I, I know that it inspired a lot of people to, you know, hopefully transition to, to plan base. Um, I'm sure you're, you're open to it. If people have any questions, I'm sure they can reach out to you also. I'll put all of Akash's link um, in the description and in the show notes if you're watching on uh, YouTube or on the podcast. Um, Akash, anything that you want to, to share? Any last words of wisdom?
1: No, thank you for thank you for um, having me on the podcast. I think you're, you're doing some amazing work with spreading the, the power of plant-based eating. And uh, hopefully if if today's episode inspires someone to potentially transition. So I don't know if if you've got some meat eaters listening. Hopefully, hopefully you do, just to help them transition. Um, but if you know if you're listening and you, you haven't made the tra- transition to plant-based diet, then hopefully my story can help uh, inspire that move. Yeah. And if you've recently transitioned, hopefully it can inspire you to, to, to know that your gains will still be coming.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Amazing, man. Thank you very much for jumping
1: on. Appreciate it. Thank you.